the title of my message is Adore Him. And it's basically just saying we need to worship Him. We need to worship Jesus. And that's what this season is all about. It's all about worshiping Jesus. So it was prophesied in the Old Testament how a Savior would come. If you've ever read the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, God dealt with his people one-on-one himself directly. And when they would rebel or they would turn from him, God would, he would come at them with his wrath and his anger. And then you get about into the book of Isaiah and you start to realize that God, I don't know if he changes his mind or he shifts his plan, but God goes, you know what? I'm not going to deal with you with anger anymore. I'm going to let you experience my mercy. And my grace, come on somebody, that's a good place to say amen. He says, I'm going to let you experience my grace and my mercy. And so in doing so, he says these these words in about Isaiah 49 to 58, he says, he starts talking about the servant that's going to come. And he says, I'm going to send a servant, but he's going to be a humble servant. He's going to come and he's going to serve. He's not going to be what you expect. I'm kind of paraphrasing. In fact, when they deal with him harshly, you're not even going to be able to recognize him. He was talking then about how Jesus would go to the cross and what it would look like. But God said that I'm going to send a servant to make a way for you. I'm going to send light into the darkness. And this was God's plan. And I woke up this morning thinking, you know, God, you probably could have done a thousand things. You could have done whatever you wanted to do to save us as a people. But you chose. Now, you got to get this this morning. God chose to give us his son. There's no greater sacrifice that God could have made for his people than to say, here, take my first son. Take my only son. Right? God, and I just woke up with this overwhelming thought this morning, that God chose to give Jesus to us. It was a choice that he made. You know what that tells me? That that I was on God's mind a a long time before he was on my mind. Right? I was on his mind a long time before then. And he was the one who initiated this whole love fest that we have with God. Right? He's the one that started it. He's the one that said, I'm going to give you my best. And in doing so, I'm going to prove to you that I love you. And I think he understood that that we would experience the love of God to a degree that it would be overwhelming to us. So much so that in turn, we would turn around and give love back to him. Because you see, that's when you really start to serve God. That's when you really start to to serve people and serve the, the people that God's put in your life is when you start to realize how much God loves me. It's so much so that he loves me that I just got to do something in return. And I think what his plan is, is that we would go and then begin to share that same light that we received from Jesus to the people that are in our world. God has a plan. You were part of his plan. Look at your neighbor and say, you're part of his plan. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 9, it says this. It says, I will say to the prisoners, this is the servant speaking that God was prophesying about. I will say to the prisoners, come out in freedom. And to those in darkness, come out into the light. They will be my sheep grazing in green pastures and on hills that were previously bare. How many of you want to go graze on some green pastures? Come on. That's like asking you if you want a ribeye or you want a salad. What do you want? You want the ribeye. Come on, somebody. (laughs) 
At least that's what I would take. But he says, I w- they will be my sheep grazing in green pastures and on hills that were previously barren. You know what that tells me? That tells me that what used to be barren in your life is going to produce life again. And that God really wants us as his sheep to graze on green pastures. That means he cares about what we do. He cares about where we go. He cares about how we feel. That's love, y'all. It's love. And it's God showing us how much he loves us. And that servant will say to us, I'm going back to verse 9, it says, that servant will say to us, in the darkness, he will say, come out into the light. You, do you remember when, when God called you out of darkness and into his glorious light? You remember your day of salvation, the day you didn't find God, God found you and you finally had, he gave you enough sense to realize it was him, right? And you realized it was God who, you, who was drawing you in. And he pulled you out of darkness into light. You need to never forget that day. Go with me to John chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 16. Everybody knows John 3.16, right? Pretty, pretty popular verse, but I'm going to read all the way to verse 21 because the rest of it is good too. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. So that everyone, say everyone. You know who everyone is? That's everyone, y'all smart, yeah. So that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world. He sent him not to judge the world but to save the world through him. How many of you glad about that? He didn't send Jesus to come judge us but to save us. Verse 18, there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. Here it is. God's light came into the world, but people love darkness more than the light for their actions were evil. All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. But those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Say others. You see, people that are trying to hide something stay in the darkness. And this is a good principle for your life. Anytime you you feel the urge or the need to hide something, you need to check it and see if it's evil or not. You need to check it and see if it has the wrong intentions. If you're trying to hide something, that's that old nature trying to hide sin. Right? But if everything comes to the light and nothing, you're not nervous about exposing anything, then you know what that says about you? It says that your heart's good. Your heart's healthy. Your relationship's healthy. I'm not hiding anything. And I love the end of that verse because Jesus says that those that that willingly, I almost hear the word willingly, come into the light, they come into the light and others, because you see, it's all about others. God saved you for the others he would use you to save. It's all about others. He says you need to come into the light. You need to stay in the light. And when you do what you do, what God tells you to do, others are going to see that light. That's good stuff, y'all. Others are going to see your light. And then here's the beauty in it all. When they see your light, your light's going to shine to God. 
and people are going to see God in you because they're going to know. <laughs> people know you, <laughs> right? They know who you used to be. They ain't having a hard time forgetting who you used to be, but they can't deny who you are now that Christ is living on the inside of you, right? So that makes them go, well, I know who they used to be. This good thing that's coming out of them, it ain't from them. It must be from, from God. Must be from God. John 5.23 says this. It says, so that everyone will honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Anyone who does not honor the Son is certainly not honoring the Father who sent him. I've heard people say over the years, there's, there's different doctrines out there that say, you know, you, get, you can only worship God and no one else. And, you know, and they have an issue with you worshiping Jesus. But this, this verse right here kind of cancels that whole thing. It says, you know what? If you can't honor Jesus or worship Jesus then you're not even worshiping God. Right? They're, they're one and the same, y'all. <laughs> I don't know why I'm using y'all so much today. It's this country thing coming out of me. Country Christmas. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so let's talk about worship this morning. I want to show you in Isaiah how God describes worship. Isn't it important to know how God receives worship? If we're going to worship God, wouldn't it be good to know how he likes it? If you're going to take your wife out to eat, wouldn't it be good to know what she likes to eat? Okay, men, listen to me. That's a, that was a freebie. <laughs> I know she can't ever say, well, I want to go here. She says, I don't know where I want to go eat. But you need to know where she likes to eat, and that's where you need to take her. Amen, Pastor. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Saved your marriage right there. Man. But it would be good to know how God receives worship, wouldn't it? Let's go to Isaiah chapter 58. The title in my Bible says true and false worship. And I'm going to read the whole chapter to you and kind of preach from it and then we'll wrap it up. Verse 1 says, shout with the voice of a trumpet blast. Shout aloud, don't be timid. Tell my people Israel of their sins. Yet they act so pious. They come to the temple every day and seem delighted to learn all about me. They act like a righteous nation that would never abandon the laws of its God. They ask me to take action on their behalf, pretending they want to be near me. And you hearing this? Pretending they want to be near me. We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves and you don't even notice it. I will tell you why I respond. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. You humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bending in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think this will please the Lord? No. This is the kind of fasting I want. Here it is. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free. Remove the chains that bind people. 
Do you realize something? That when God saved you, he put the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead inside of you. And now you have that spirit living inside of you and upon you. And God expects you now that you have that to go and set the captives free. It's to go and find the young man who's addicted and tell him you don't have to be addicted anymore. To pray for him, to encourage him, to believe for him, to stand for him. You have the ability to set the captives free now that the Spirit of God is living inside of you. That's the kind of worship that God loves. Go set them free. You've been set free. Now go and set them free. Say, I got the power. (laughs) I got you singing this morning. Remove the chains that bind them. Verse 7, let your... Let your food or share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. Here's the one you're going to love. And don't hide from your relatives. (laughs) Let that marinate for a minute. Don't hide from your relatives. That's a good verse for Christmas, ain't it? Y'all about to go to Christmas parties and you can't hide from Uncle T-Nong. You can't hide from him. I know he gives you the creeps, but you can't hide from him. The Bible, just somebody asked me last night, they said, did the Bible really say that or you made that up? I said, no, the Bible said that. I don't make stuff up. Like, go to hell for that. (laughs) And do not hide from your relatives who need your help. You need to memorize that verse. (laughs) Watch this. Here's the results. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Say quickly. Come on. Anybody need some quickly? your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call the Lord, he, he will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. I hear people complain all the time and I've done it myself that God just moves too slow. Well, these is telling us if we'll begin to worship him like he wants us to worship him, he's going to move quickly. That's good preaching. I don't care what y'all say. That was anyway. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your fingers and spreading vicious rumors. This is worship. (laughs) It's worship to keep your mouth shut. When you're tempted to talk about somebody, biting your lip is worship. (laughs) You've heard it. If you ain't got nothing good to say. Stop pointing your finger. And spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness. And the darkness around you will be as bright as noonday. Did you hear that? Verse 10. You need to underline that. Put a couple eyebrows on top of it. Feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then, then your light will shine out from the darkness. Uh Oh, your light's getting bright and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. How many of you go to some pretty dark places? Maybe you work, got some coworkers that are pretty dark. Maybe there's some family that's dark, right? And you, you, you're going to the dark Christmas party and you. Be the light. 
Because His Word promises that if you'll go in and be the light, that the darkness will become as bright as the noon. Isn't that good? But if you don't know that and you don't believe that, then how are you ever expected to do that? You see, that's true worship to God. That's when we do that, when we know that I'm the light of God, that I have Jesus living on the inside of me, and I'm going to this Christmas party, and they're going to be drinking, they're going to be cussing, they're going to be talking about everybody and their mama, they're going to talk about me before I get there, then they're going to talk about me when I leave. They're going to talk about my kids. Just go be the light and watch the darkness flee. You believe that? Just go worship God by doing what he tells you to do. Don't judge people. Don't get caught up in the rumors. Don't get caught up in the gossip. Don't point fingers. Go and simply love people. Even the Son of God didn't come to judge the world. He came to what? To save it. Our mission is to save people. Right? And in doing so, we're singing praises to God. You see, there's nothing wrong with what we do here on Sunday. But I think what the scripture is saying is that if this is the only thing that you call worship, you've got to understand there's more to worship than just this. This is incredible. I think God really likes it when all of us get together and we sing the same song in different keys. <laughs> you know, some of you have been dodging that person that can't sing. Y'all didn't get that? People used to move away from me during when I was in church and never could wonder why. And the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you're dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the, desert, the, the, the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you'll be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day, but enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Then the Lord will be your delight. I will give you great honor and satisfy you with the inheritance I promised to your ancestor Jacob. I, the Lord, have spoken. I love verse 14. It says, then the Lord will be your delight. Is he your delight today? Or is he your tormentor? <laughs> is your relationship with God burdensome or is it a delight? And that's a question only you can answer. I can't answer that question for you. But I believe personally that God created every one of us to worship. We've all been hardwired to worship. I told the, the, the congregation last night that, that when we worship God, it gets our eyes off of us with this kind of worship, the kind of worship that gets into other people's lives, the kind that goes and helps folks, the kind that takes the chains off of other people, the kind that reaches out into other people's darkness and brings light. That kind of worship, when you get involved in that, you, you simply forget about yourself. And your problems and your drama and your issues and your struggles because you're so busy lifting up his name. You ever get tired of yourself? You ever get tired of your own problems? 
You ever get tired of the own, the, the drama in your family? You want to know how to change it? Go get in somebody else's drama. But pastor, hold up, man. <laughs> I mean, you was preaching good. I got enough drama already. I mean, who's going to come get up in my drama? Well, maybe if you get out the way to the dr- drama, will leave. Just joking. We've been created to worship. And listen to this. Jesus was created to receive worship. You see what's going on here? God created us. He hardwired us to worship. There's nothing. I've tried just about everything on this planet to fulfill some empty spots in my heart. The only thing that ever fully fulfills me is when I get into somebody else's life and I become the light in their darkness. My favorite day of the week is Thursday when I go to Highlands Elementary and I sit down with four young boys who need some help. I don't feel any more fulfilled than that day. Sit across the table from some future men and be able to speak life into them and tell them what they can be instead of telling them what they are. Right? That's worship. That's worship. That's the kind of worship that God wants. Does that make sense? So we've been created to adore him. He's been created to receive it. It's a beautiful thing that God's created. So wherever you go today or tomorrow or the next day, go and love the people that are around you. You don't have to go chase them down. Just go love the ones that God puts in your life.